Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming, and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Program. The Program audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for The Programme Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode. And welcome to episode 35 of the Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM, Alex Newell, and with me today, again as ever, I have Ben Meredith, Lydia Nicholas, Ruben Monroe, James Ross, and who are you playing? Solf Smith, Sasha Rackett. Oh, she's good. <laughs> I can remember. Need, need who to I call you out there. <laughs> yeah. that's what, no, that's just what she's like. She's really quiet. She wants to know the situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who are you playing? In a good way. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to know? We, we, had to, we had to find where she was before she yeah. could, before we could get her to ask questions. Yeah, I, they found me crumpled up under a piece of dark velvet in a, in a closed room that no one had uh, opened since that spooky rustling <laughs> ten years ago. And the award for longest years. intro goes to Sasha For Rackin. once. Hamid Salah Haroun Al-Faham. Sir Bertrand McGuffingham, who is now going to win the award for longest intro. <laughs> no. Let no. me begin by recounting my family history. Now, I will dock your pay. Sir Everard McGuffingham. <laughs> I, oh so, yeah. Wait, wait, you might have left, left, left listeners with the idea that we get paid. Oh, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> whoa now. Not so, what I meant to do. Yeah. But... We don't even get ex- we don't even get like travel. food and board or travel. I, no food. I, I put your no party. Food. Alex, up. Alex just just chews and spits in our mouths. It's the closest <laughs> we get to craft services. Hey, so. I put all of you up in the most expensive fictional hotel, okay, yeah. in this entire universe in which you frequent. But no, paying no. us in dreams. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. He <laughs> describes things to us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
Kaiser's in abject. <laughs> Here is an invoicing form. <laughs> On it is all of your train tickets. <laughs> now I'm signing it. They <laughs> <laughs> with a flourish and green like a goblin, but not quite pink, <laughs> which is a thing. Yeah. It goes on. So, anyway, we will pick up from where we left off. You have made it via Dover, via Calais, finally to Paris, mm -hmm. immediately running into some oh, automated what? peoples who are um, who know Sasha and are providing her with uh, a presidential money. suite in the most expensive hotel probably in the world with the presidential suite held in perpetuity and a note that just says it was a present, apparently, from Brock. What if the president had turned up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, do they... Do Hashtag they... shower thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point in this particular republic, it's, not, it's a largely ceremonial rule. So, we will pick up exactly the moment you left off. You have just opened the envelope and an army of... Um, Zeros. <laughs> I was going to say workers for the hotel, but yes, an army of zeros. It's that moment where you hold up the receipt and it unfolds, then unfolds four more times, and then unravels That's the rest of the totally way. happened to me outside of <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand, though. If he was doing all right, he would have come back for me. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like, he was just another slum kid like me. In fact, he, he had less. He, he wasn't as good at... At my professional services. Maybe he's very busy. At this point, the mechanical man who sort of showed you in and so on, the carriage appears to have left, comes in for the front door and just places himself discreetly. He actually moves very quietly. He's probably got cushioned feet or something, but he moves very, very softly and then just takes position about two feet behind Sasha, stood perfectly ready. I think you might have a butler. All right. Um, I don't have anything I want it to hold. I mean, it's not like I'm over encumbered by daggers at all. <laughs> None of them are spare or any carrying. Um, maybe, uh, like, maybe well, I pick up Brutor and, yeah. <laughs> and give him to the butler. How does Brutor react to the butler? Brutor, Can he do a roll or something? Or do we. Give me a bluff check on Brutor's behalf. Okay. 18. Now, because you've been spending so much time with Brutor, you know that Brutor's a little bit scared of, of this big, scary mechanical man. But Brutor is a dog of society now. <laughs> dog, a dog who wouldn't let such petty concerns get in the way of, of good grace, good manners, and, and seeming well in, in, a, in such a high establishment. And so, despite being scared of the mechanical man, nonetheless adopts a, a certain peremptory air and just sort of tilts, <laughs> cocks his head and acknowledges the, the robot as a, as a necessity and merely a helping hand point, to be ignored. I, like, stick my hands under his belly, like, lift <laughs> him, <laughs> him and dump him in the butler's hands. <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, in, busy. Brutal endeavours to make the best of the situation and look haughty despite the fact that he's his, being held very poorly. And his legs are dangling. And his legs are scrabbling around. <laughs> trying, trying to make himself comfortable on a solid metal bosom. I should so ask, kind of... what costume is he wearing currently? Oh, probably still wearing. He hasn't changed out the smoking jacket. He hasn't jacket. really had much time. He hasn't had much time. He's still wearing the Noel Coward style smoking jacket with with the head harness and the cigarette holder. <laughs> oh, being held by a golden metal butler. Yeah. <laughs> and Fan what, art is welcome. While, while he's doing this, while he's scrabbling around, the cigarette light, the cigarette uh, holder's going all which way, all around the place. <laughs> Then is this is the only note that, that was left? There's no explanation. Is he up there? I apologise. This was all arranged remotely via 
uh, a series of messengers and so on. Uh, the, it, it has been paid for. Like this isn't uh, speculative. Um, congratulations! And if there's anything we can do, we are so so honoured to have such an esteemed patron. Lobster. Lobster, of course. Right, we we, yeah. pre we prepared a small banquet in the hopes that you would be arriving soon, and it is already prepared there for you. Wonderful. Oh, you're very welcome. Wait, but how did you know we were arriving soon? Uh, we received a missive from the um, from the person who purchased the presidential suite, letting us know that you would be arriving soon. Please. It's not. Should we go? Rock is should, 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 should we? Should we? Your ring, let's go upstairs. Would there be traps up there? It might be a sentence. Then we'll find them. Let's go upstairs and we'll talk in private. Well, but he hasn't understood anything that's been going on not in French. A word, just some not of a the word. reactions have been oh. brutal. He's just like, this is where I belong. <laughs> you don't understand. We don't get to have any words in private anymore while Hammond's around until he chops that thing off. <sighs> right, well, more private then. Oh, um, again, the person behind the desk clearly understanding English, but sticking to French out of principle. If you do require anything, we actually have a lot of highly important political figures, so we are more than able to provide you a, a, a magically um, protected room to have private conversations. There could be no eavesdropping, and you would have the only key whilst you're in there. Um, if that would be uh, amenable to you. You have full use of our facilities, of course, in perpetuity. I reply back in French. All right, China, mate. That's a good bubble bath. I'll, uh, uh, just so long as you can spell it up so that you make sure that we don't end up brown bread, that's like right well good, innit? Are you looking up the driving side? Head up here. You're destroying the magic sorry, of the destroying performance. destroying the illusion, James. <laughs> ruining it. I'm sorry. I head up the apples and pears. <laughs> <laughs> Now, naturally, of course, they wouldn't allow you to head up the stairs when they have the uh, elevators with the uh, bell hops. So the second they see you heading to the stairs, it's, wouldn't you rather use our elevator? Of course, we, we fitted it with a chair for you, uh, blah, blah, blah. That'd be well army. army. <laughs> short for army and navy, or gravy. <laughs> <laughs> gravy means good. <laughs> for our American listeners. I was going to say, there's a lot of layers that you've got to dig through. Doors open, and the lift is huge. Just in and of itself, it's about the size this of a sitting room. This is a good room, room yeah. <laughs> it's set up like there's a coffee table, there are chairs for people. God knows why, I mean, it's not that long a journey, but... This is the presidential suite. <laughs> so, yeah, this is all right. There's a... It's going to open straight into the... The door opens, at which point it is... All of these adjectives. It is a huge, sweeping room that has a glass dome ceiling, pristine, probably crystal for the like how clear and like transparent it is. It has bay windows opening onto a balcony which has a direct view of Larc d'Ordinateur and over the um, entire area. It is very fresh and very clean, obviously, but more than that, it's huge. The entire just a sitting room is the size of Hamid's whole flat. It is well stocked with everything there is a drinks cabinet it looks like some of the things are hundreds of years old yet still in pristine condition you see at least three maybe four corridors leading off from this main salon and in the salon in front of the bay windows which are held open and there's a gentle breeze coming in there's uh, a buffet set up it could probably feed about 20 people the seafood there's um turkey lamb all of the veg there's some fruit and veg that probably um certainly sasha and Probably everyone apart from Zolf won't have seen before because it's just that out there and an obscure. Like they've really pulled out kumquats. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, which is actually made of dragons. <laughs> Fictional fruits that I haven't even named yet because I've not taken you to somewhere exotic enough fruits. is here. 
Uh, yeah, let's do hydrofruit. hydrofruit. And it just it it multiplies. Hydrofruit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just yeah. solve world hunger. Yeah. They're really tasty fried, but it does defeat the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Greek mythology jokes. <laughs> and there is a central table. It's large, round, would probably sit about 12 people. It appears to be uh, mahogany. It's inlaid with all kinds of designs and so on. And there is an envelope propped up in the middle of the table. It is, um, again, it's very expensive vellum. It's, it's ludicrous. It's so ludicrously over the top that it's nothing that any of you, including Hamid, I'm afraid, will have really seen. Like, you'll have had clients that have this, but this isn't something that you... You may have maybe stayed somewhere like this once or twice for a couple of days. It's literally as high as you can go for luxury and opulence. Uh, Sasha sticks, like, emerges from the lift, sees this space, and then immediately sticks to a wall. Like, uh, like she's been super glued to it, sort of mm-hmm. back, back against that. I, you know, possibly even... You know, an edge's strafes um, so, to try and get into the shadow of an extraordinary large and overbearing filigree cabinet. It's probably good that you've done so because at that moment all of the servants who've been travelling in the lift with you quietly immediately move off into the area and they start prepping things, one of them's preparing I go and food. sit at the table and start eating. Yep, they begin... Uh, <laughs> I'm, still, like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm still I'm, I'm still a halfling. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there's an army. They just, if you look at any of them, they immediately come over and ask, is there anything that I could do for you? If you're not looking at them, <laughs> they're just going around doing everything. They, um, they're like opening wardrobe doors in various rooms so that it's all ready for you. They come over and bring indoor shoes, not slippers, like moccasins for everyone if they want them. And it's, it's ludicrous. The, um, the mechanical man sort of steps forward, takes a side step left into an alcove that perfectly fits him. And still then stands brutal. there, still holding Brutor. <laughs> he, he, he's, his hands, he's slowly, like, the man's clearly figured out how to hold Brutor correctly, and he's holding him. Um, not like a baby, but just very comfortably. Takes a moment, reaches down, picks up a cushion, places Brutor upon the cushion, and then stands there, and he's effectively a shelf just with Brutor on it. <laughs> Brutor starts looking down at everyone, and this is, this is right. <laughs> <laughs> this is as it should be. Turns out the mechanical man was, mm, yes. Yes, good. I will sidle over to Sasha and say, "Like, do you want to get that magically deaf room so we can have a chat about this?" Right. Yeah, that's that sounds great. I think we should do that. I order a different vintage of wine. We may have to. They 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 have, you know, as as a side note, the vintages they have available, it's the best in the world. Like their list, there's no pricing, obviously, but. It's just the best in the world. Hamid, uh, Hamid, would you mind asking him for the wine list? And by the wine list, I don't mean a list of the wines. I mean the wines on the list. There's already 12 bottles on the table. I think I think that will be enough to be getting on with. Decide which one you like the best and we'll order more of it. I just prefer a slightly fruitier one. It's not technically as good. They've already got really got the best vintages, but my palate tends to be... A... Anyway. <laughs> I'll point out, just for, just for a bit of flavour for Hamid, flavour, as it were, um, one of the types of grape used in one of these wines is now extinct. This is, this is the level we're talking yeah. at. I don't, I don't get it at all. My, my father's been wanting a bottle of this for decades. I'll have a glass of that with a slice of lemon in it. <laughs> <laughs> Bish bash bosh, oh. straight away. <laughs> Yeah, Nothing I, Bertie has yet done has managed to offend yeah, yeah. as much as that. I think you, we should probably better wait to see if these people start foaming at the mouths and clutching their throats. 
And if not, enjoy the meal. Just, it seems like such an inefficient way to kill people. I mean, Barrett likes playing games, right? He, he likes letting you feel that you're safe, and then you find out a day later or a year later that he's been watching the whole time. That, like, traps have been set that you've jumped into without even knowing it, and you set up home in that trap, and then, you you know, you've got a mortgage on the on the on that trap and you've installed nice curtains and all and then it shuts and that that's what he does that's what he enjoys doing right well let's enjoy the meal we'll go to this magically protective room so that we can no longer be overheard and then we will discuss things Bertie hasn't had any of this conversation over the sounds of his own chewing because he's picked up a whole roast chicken mm-hmm. and he's eating it just just the side of it like it's an apple. Um, <laughs> at this point, the staff seeing which way the wind are blowing. There are two dedicated members of staff now who are stood over the left and right shoulders of Hamid and Bertie, respectively, because clearly you guys are already just tucking in. Yeah. I, Sasha's going to watch you eat for a while, and then when they bring in the lobster that got ordered, which wasn't part of the original buffet, because I'm guessing that's a bit passe. Uh, Honestly, it yes. Be, it has to be yeah. cooked fresh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when she says the lobster coming in, like, oh, her, her sorry, eyes... I, I meant one for each of us. Um, the the <laughs> lifts open. As you start saying that, the gentleman coming out holding a dire lobster on a tray with two other people stops and goes, "Oh, we're so sorry." And starts <laughs> taking it back into the lift. No, no, no. That's 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 fine. That's. Good. Just, just bring uh, the next three. I think that's... <laughs> there, there's a genuine... It's, a it's, the, it's the smallest hesitation. It's the smallest hesitation from the, the head butler of the group who then goes, yes, of course. Places the dial lobster on its own dedicated side table, which they set up. It's the size of Hamid, easily, and then disappear downstairs. Bing. Off they go. I mean... Like, I mean, You're going to love this, Sasha. You have to try some. I might as well while as you're, we're waiting. Is there not enough? As you're speaking, the mechanical man comes over and just with his holding uh, Brutor on one arm begins cracking the lobster whose shell is so thick you couldn't have done it yourself. Just giving you a bit of sound whilst you're having oh, a yeah. conversation. Like, like, I mean, it's a bit much, isn't it? Yeah. Bertie goes up to the lobster, shakes it by the floor and goes, I am Sir Burton McGuffingham, and I'm going to be eating your insides today. There's, there's a lot less meat on, on the inside of these things than you think, because it's mostly shell. I mean, this would probably only feed two of me. <laughs> Zolf, and there's four of us. You're remembering a time, Zolf, when you captured one of this, and it fed a lot of people for a yeah. long time. Yeah, I mean, whatever, it's being laid on. Uh, I'm sure the waste will not be this. Do you think that they've been putting out a buffet every day? I hope not. I say, I wonder if I ordered Oscar Wilde's head on a silver platter, whether they deliver it. For that amount of money, probably. I say there, waiter! <laughs> we'll skip ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so presumably you're all wanting to head down to the um, protected room, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Sasha's eaten quite a lot of lobster. Sure. Uh, nothing else, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's almost as if... The stuff that was there before could have been poisoned, but she's justified in her head. And because <laughs> Hamid picked it, like the lobster is probably fine. The lobster's amazing. Yeah. It's stunningly made. Um, we'll skip ahead and say the meal was, by everyone's standard, not just by um, sort of Sasha or Zolf or anything, it was stunning. Like, absolutely stunning. They've probably got a, um, a couple of, like, the equivalent of Michelin star gourmet chefs working at it. Was it three or two lobsters? 
Four. Sorry, four sorry, three more die lobsters are delivered. Yeah. We'll skip ahead to the point where oh, obviously they eventually <laughs> yeah. set up a plate and a place once they understand the situation for Brutor, yeah. who now has his own room. And eventually they take you down through the lift again to they actually take I'm you clutching the villain. Sure, sure. They take you all the way down through to like a third level basement. Um, doors open. It's still plush and velvet. Obviously, there's no windows. There's art open. And it's just a straight corridor leading to a pair of oaken double doors. And there are two sort of mechanical men on the outside. They see you coming and open it. And, the... you're, and you're saying that um, the ones we go in, even if we got stuff that sends messages, there's a two-way thing. So that, um, it, that, that, that it's cut off. Does anybody here have any kind of, uh, I mean, no offence, any kind of magical understandings at all? Yes. Making sure with Sasha that it's okay to explain it to Hamid. Um, so, like, sort of being quite deferential about it. The room has been uh, completely warded uh, against teleportation, divination. In fact, all the schools have been warded. Um, it's a closed unit. These two gentlemen, he gestures to the mechanical men, um, are all perfectly capable of defending Would, you and yourself. Wouldn't a private pocket plane be more secure? True, yes, we are able to provide that should you wish. However, um, we do we do have a number of patrons who have requested not because apparently it's easier to interfere with the planar process than it is in something on the material it, plane. It would, of course, prevent... No, I see there'd be other issues. I mean, you couldn't take any bags with you and if you had... I, no, I understand. Yes, this was found to be the best way. Um, let me assure you that the, the level of um, employment here, we've employed the finest mages from across the world. Um, this is arguably the safest spot <laughs> in, the, in the whole world. So it's absolutely and utterly impervious to any form of magical observation of any kind whatsoever. Absolutely, yes. Excellent. All in. <laughs> Quickly now. Bertie's actually put down the lobster claw that he had before. <laughs> and just to, just to clarify on this, he was guzzling at that with great enthusiasm. His face, is it's like he's got a, a goatee made of butter. Like that oh. is... Oh. He's, he's been oh, well into that. Oh. No. Oh. So presumably you head inside. Yeah. I, I, like, Sasha's a little bit confused because Bertie suddenly seems to have noticed that she wants to be inside this room. And that's about the most concern he's ever shown to anyone apart from Brutus. So the concierge um, ushers you inside and then he pulls out a key. It's, it's large, it's it's gilded, but it's not huge. And he hands it to Sasha, making sure that he sort of makes eye contact with Hamid as well. Now, this is the focal point for all of the enchantments. So it's take this with you. Uh, that's the only copy. If you lock it from the inside, it will be sealed. Even we would not be able to fetch you. Obviously, I have to let you know, in the event of an emergency, we have no way of contacting you or letting you know. You'll be safe, but we have no way of letting you know the situation. All right, I don't think we'll be that long. Take as long as you need. And then he, he heads off. The mechanical men, rather than standing at the door, then proceed and guard the lift so that there's a good, like, 30 foot just from the oaken doors. Right. In we go then, I guess. Yep. They close. I'm, uh, I, I mean, I could cast Detect Magic, but it'd probably give me a bit of a headache. We could probably take we... their word on that. The okay. doors close and the there is a visible sheen across the door. Hamid, give me a Knowledge Arcana. Oh dear. Can I get in on this actually? Because um, I am a spellcaster. Yes, you could actually. There are a couple of divine ones uh, in there. Uh, 20. 20? Okay. I rolled 2, so 11. You're a bit overwhelmed. There's that many yeah. things at play. I won't go into specific spells because it will take a long time to list, mm -hmm. but you recognise massively high powered. Do I get cut off from the influence of my god? Do I feel a bit weird? You don't because there are some castings from Priest of Poseidon oh, okay. upon this room. Yeah, yeah, sure. What you do get is both of you being in tune with Arcana and with uh, sort of deific powers similarly. It's almost 
a little bit queasy for a bit because the amount of power pumping around the walls, floor and ceiling is insane. My hair is no longer immaculately coiffed because some of it is standing on end. I mean, it'll start to interfere slightly with um, your basic level enchantments you've got, so your clothing might be a little bit less than you'd hope and things like that. Like, I can't stress this enough. Basically, the most powerful people who are in the public sphere have been used to make this room. Right, well... And the door slowly closes. The door closes, it's us. locked, there is a brief sheen of rainbow colours across it, and then utter silence apart from yourselves. I look at Zolf and begin to open the envelope. Right, before that happens, now uh, I am under a curse. I am under a curse, it's a massive curse. It's a curse full of lawyers, it's a real problem. It's been quite the nuisance, and I can't talk about it if I'm out there. I can definitely talk about it if I'm in here. Then it's fine. Then the lawyer gnomes won't be watching me all the time. <laughs> If I talk about the curse, it triggers the curse more. If I break the curse in any way, basically, I have to be a knight. I have to be a bold knight. I don't want to do any of this. Sick of this. It's horrible. I want to be at home, coated in honey the whole time, being gently licked by nice young men. And here I am, herring all over the contract. I'm bloody stuck with it. Sick of it. I hate all of you, apart from Hamid. And you're all right. Pointing at Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hurt. <laughs> uh, you're hurt. You're hurt. I am mortgaged beyond my eyeballs everywhere. I am in a colossal amount of debt. Very little of it of my own creating. You know the massive inheritance of the House of MacGuffingham? You know the Soaring Falcon Crest? You know what would happen if the Soaring Falcon came along and just pecked your eyes out and then went, ah, ah, and just defecated debt into the sockets? That is very much my situation. I was living a wonderfully happy life until my parents had the great misfortune, the great carelessness, the great selfishness of dying. Dying in a horrible accident at sea. And here I am saddled with their colossal death that's made of falcon poo. And here I am, stuck under the weight of heartless, heartless, darkness and sphinx, the most evil law firm you can possibly imagine. Gnomes! Gnomes, for goodness sake! How big is this debt? Huge! So what's the actual number? I genuinely do not know. Less than it costs to hire this hotel room, but that says very little. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right, well. Thank you for that. <sighs> but like when we go out again you're gonna have to be a knight again. yes <laughs> all right that's fine then so wait all of this being bertie stuff that's just an act well yes and no <laughs> hamid is quietly shaking his head unnoticed by bertie so like are you do you have to be like horrid to poor people because that's part of being a knight no no that's just fine that's i it's a little better than they deserve no it's the greek family of MacGuffin was founded by Sir Everard MacGuffin, a bold and courageous knight, and I must fulfil his legacy by being a bold and courageous knight. And every time I am not gallant and all of this, blah, 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 noblesse oblige, etc, 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 saving damsels in distress, going up to dragons and going, ooh, etc, then the curse of MacGuffin, the, 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 the will as it is laid out will be violated, the terms will be violated, I will be crushed even further under death. Like, it's not all that bad being broke. You just have to learn other ways to get around things. Also, there is a death clause. I will die and die horribly. Can you imagine being banished to another plane where instead of air, everything is perhaps poo that is on fire? 
Like that, for all eternity, ever and undying, and the name of MacGuffin will be stripped from history entirely. My entire line edited out completely, myself could be... Although, on balance, I'm mostly terrified by the screaming, burning pool fire dimension, which I will be eternally exiled to. And I think we'll take a break there and come back in a couple of minutes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <clears throat> right. Hello, adventurers. Uh, Zolf Smith here, cleric of Poseidon and leader of the London Rangers. Are you stuck in a rut? Bored of the same old routine? Wondering if there isn't something more to life? Well, guess what? There is! Become an adventurer with Rusty Quill today and live the life you always dreamed of. Adventure. Excitement. Adventure. Treasure. Adventure. Travel. Adve- Oh, for God's sake. Enough! No. No, I'm not reading anymore. It's complete rubbish! Now, look here. I don't care how much you're paying. This is absolute twaddle. I wouldn't use this script to patch a leak. Being an adventurer isn't like that. It's awful. It's wet, tiring, smelly, thankless, dangerous, and no one in their right mind want to do it. People die. Sometimes more than once. <sighs> Fine. This Rusty Quill thing, whatever it is, is getting bigger, and they're looking for more staff. Apparently there was a goblin attack or something, I don't know. If you're interested, then drop them an email to mail at Rusty Quill, and let them know. Be sure to mention your skills, and provide links to any work online you've done. I wouldn't expect much in the way of loot, but uh, for what it's worth, they do seem like a decent lot. Mad as hat as mine, but none of them seem worth a drowning. So yeah, to summarise, help, mail at Rusty Quill, mad as hat as. Right, we're done here. Get this thing out of my face. And welcome back. So, but Bertie, um, do you want us to do something about this? I don't really see how we can help other than to keep helping you with the quests. I must continue on my noble, bold and heroic quest. And if at some stage I am able to acquire sufficient legal wisdom and knowledge, perhaps through some magical means to take down Harkness, Harkness, Darkness and Sphinx, then so much the better. But they are a functionally invincible, interdimensional law firm with the power of a god. So, on balance, probably not. Right, well, I I feel very sorry for the fact that... This is why I ordered the wine list. So, like... All this time, you, like, when I was in that alleyway and people were, like, trying to kill me and you came along and stabbed some people and I didn't die. Although I could totally have looked after myself, like, totally. 
you weren't doing that to be like friendly or whatever. You were just doing it because if you didn't, you'd get killed. Well, I mean, I enjoyed it, if that helps. But, well, doesn't this ask some fundamental questions about the nature of altruism? So... I think it asks some fundamental questions about the nature of you. Yes. Well, on balance, yes. Also because I was paying him. To... It's good to know that the first friends I ever had were <laughs> doing it under duress. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't lump me, us, in. Well, I haven't any, done anything Any curses you need to... Right. So you're not going to suddenly say that the only reason that we've been... Well, eternal exile to a screen pool fire dimension isn't enough for you. That's not, it's not figuring in the motives That's here. That's kind of very much based around you and just you. There's it's not all about you, Mr. Smith. No. <laughs> not everything is, you know. But, like, so when we go out of this room, you're going to have to go back to being gallant and everything. Yep. Well, it's, it's, have you been... Yes. Do you actually know what gallant means then? What? Ish. Leaving yeah, those people... Yeah, there's very much theoretical <laughs> knowledge there. The people in the tunnel that, you know, like, women and children and frail men that are stuck in that tunnel. Told them to stay in the cabins. All right, but, like... What, what matters for the purposes of the will is the public image of the House of MacGuffingham is maintained. Basically, you need to live your life like a cheap pulp novel. Yep. Right. Good. That's well, not a liability at all. Yeah. Nope. Did you know. know about this, Alan? No. I Actually, I'm assuming not from the... Uh, yeah, if he had known, we would know that he had known because his head would have exploded. Wait, what? So, so when we go out of this room, are our heads going to explode? Well, I mean, only if you say anything that I've said to you out loud to anyone at all under any circumstances. Actually, thinking about it, no, because the curse isn't in effect. So anything we do in here will not be affected under the rules of the curse. So us no, us going in with no knowledge and coming out with knowledge won't interact with the curse because we've been severed. I, am I right in thinking? Well, it would Hamid? depend on the exact nature of the curse. I mean, it, it shouldn't affect us, but he, he might be right that if we repeat anything we heard in this room, it would still come under the we'll effects keep... of the... It, it's hard to say. Well, um, thank you for sharing. And I, I you know, I, I feel bad that obviously this debt and this situation is not your fault. Uh, I am shocked at the lack of perspective it has given you. Screaming fire poo dimension <laughs> for all eternity, Mr. Smith. Yep. That's fine. Yeah. That sounds pretty much like what you might deserve. Steady. You lying. I thought you were my friend. Hamid looks genuinely shocked. Didn't have any friends before. You're all... What curses are you guys under? No, it's actually you are. You are my friend. Yeah, I did it because, well, I stuck around with you because I liked you. Oh, all right. Same. Yeah, not everyone's purely motivated by themselves. I I mean, I I still like Bertie, and I think, Bertie, that you should see this as... An opportunity to yes, learn well, and grow. Shared and learned and grown. Let's all hug. Screaming poo fire dimension for all eternity. I, Just I, throwing I that out there. Awkwardly, like Sasha awkwardly reaches out and does give Dolph <laughs> and Hamid a hug. Oh, this is going to be uh, equally awkward. I will accept the hug. Regrettably, yeah. <laughs> everyone slightly regrets it. Also, feels. What happens in the room stays. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, anyone else 
anyone interested in what's in this envelope? Well, let's yes. quickly just look. We'll keep working together. And yes, I feel very sorry that you've been placed under this and the potentially terrible things that will happen to you if you break this curse. However, apart from that curse and you being a gallant knight, you're a terrible human being. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> if you could be forced to be a gallant knight against your wishes, stop being a terrible human being, at least around us. Once we break this curse and get rid of you, then you can go back to being it. I'm not going to condemn you to dying or your flaming poo dimension. So I'm not that kind of person, but just try being less awful, honestly. And I'm not a damsel in distress. Well, obviously not, but it was necessary to pretend that you were for the purposes of the lawyers. Screaming poo fire dimension versus being a bit undignified for a couple of minutes. My heart bleeds for you. Imagine if it was on fire and made of slurry and screaming at you all the time. Right, really, at this point, I care on an ethical and moral level. Good, not on do. a Not on a personal level. Fine, not a problem. And your beard looks rubbish. <laughs> well, well, well I, I will do what I, I can. I will accept that when you grow one properly. Ooh! Ooh! Challenge accepted, Mr Smith. Would you care to make another wager on it? I don't think you can really afford to lose anything more. See? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the mic. Don't drop the mic. <laughs> well, well, Betty, I, I, I'll try and help you if I can. Thank you. Ben. I'm still going to try and help you, just yeah. since we're sharing. Yeah, because like we're not horrible people, and we don't want anyone trapped in our hell dimension. So even though we aren't under a curse and we don't like you, we will help you out. Thank you, young lady. Right. Now that the revelations over and done with, Sasha, you had a. Anyone want to solve this mystery? So, we've got a couple of things, right? So maybe... Uh... Well, maybe we should see what the letter says. Oh, we haven't read the letter yet. I take out a different oh, dagger than the one that I yeah. used for the other letter and slice open the, the envelope. So, there is a list of names on it. What? I had a list of names from the <laughs> other thing. It's not the same names. Uh, this is Sasha in character. Yeah. Like, it's just a list of names. What names? In no particular order. <laughs> yeah. Sasha reads. Yeah. Dr. Jean-Luc Bolio, and there's just a dash, ordinatist. Miss Amélie Rose, dash, investigative reporter. Dr. Paulette Loup, dash, archaeologist. Céline Souchet, dash, church grounds woman. Jacques Piaget, dash, delivery driver. Vivienne Messier, dash, hydraulics engineer, and François André, director of l'Académie d'Ordinateur. And it's got, written at the bottom, just Brock. Again, it's the same typeface, the whole lot. Sounds like the cast for a murder mystery novel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been reading a lot of novels recently, Zolf. Well, I had a bit of time on my hands, what of it? Uh, Francois-Henri, the, the name at the bottom of the list is the same name as the, the notebook mentions. Right. Did everyone notice that? Do, do you think... Like, well done, Edith. <laughs> <laughs> Four a points. Lot, a lot of these people, they sound like people that have got skills that might be useful for making the sim simulacrum. Like, with the... Do you think um, Brock is, is trying to help us with this? Maybe... Like, I don't, I don't understand it at all. Mm. Maybe we should just go ask 
all these people all about their lives and find out what they got in common. Maybe they're all mates. Maybe they meet at the same club. Maybe immediately one of them will just be like, yeah, actually, we meet up at the Plotting Sasha's Downfall Club. Well, we It meets every Thursday at the church hall. That's why the lady who runs the church grounds is involved. She makes us a little set of cakes each time. It's really delicious. They've got little bits of different Sasha's daggers in her face. And, Sasha, and, Sasha. and they eat them because it's delicious just destroying my life over and over and over again. On the plus side, cake. <laughs> right. Uh, We've all got quite a lot of stuff to wear out. Yeah. <laughs> any any uh, background things, Hamid? Yeah, what's your tragic backstory? Me? No, nothing like that. Tina's a whistle, sharp as a thistle, best in all Westminster. <laughs> Do you need to make a bluff check? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> I think even with your... F- that was a roll of five, by the way. Even with your formidable modifiers, yeah. I think you're still more or less okay. Yeah, tell something's wrong. Are you... Sure. Is there anything you need to get off your chest? No, no. Thank you. Right. Okay. Dolph, any more secrets to tell us? Just in case the police come along again? Nothing that will get me arrested. All right. Anyway. That's a lot I can't tell you that would get me arrested. <laughs> You're probably aware of most of that. Yeah, it's true. Thought, I'm not good at secrets. I was hoping that note might be more useful. I still doesn't feel like we have any way to track Brock down, really. Well, yeah, we've either got like Barrett pretending to be Brock, Brock working with Barrett, Brock working independently, having made good and become an incredibly rich individual. Barrett just using Brock's name as a way to get yeah. me into places. Well, one thought, we could perhaps outsource some of this process. I mean, most hotels have something approaching the concierge service. I imagine a hotel as fine as this one would have a, an army of runners and investigators who might be able to send out for these people. That's true. We could bring them all together in a room and then ask them what they did that means that they're all connected. And... Oh, let's have it on a spooky island. Yeah, and and like just and we could serve them a buffet and then ask them what's going on with this simulacrum stuff. That would be a bit unsubtle. I suppose the meritocrats did say to keep it quiet. Yeah. I well, but we need to go to Lord Natter's college, or the academy even. Um, and we think we know who Francois Henri is now as so, well. Yeah, we could. Um, How about we get someone from this hotel to go and send him a message so that he responds because he seems quite posh and like the people in the British Museum didn't really want to know us but if we send someone from this hotel we'll know it's someone important. That's a good point actually. Send the card saying we're going to visit him might be... Telling him what time we're planning to call. I mean it's polite as well as anything else. Mm. Yeah. Threatening. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is when you tell people where you're going to be in advance. That's what it is. Is, Why would that be threatening? If it's your mates, you just drop in. But if you're gonna beat them up, well, no. I mean, if it's, <laughs> but it's polite to let people know, so they they expect you and they pre- can prepare. This is a genuine point of cultural miscommunication. <laughs> We're both staring at each like, other, like if you know, what? <laughs> you're letting someone know that you know where they live, right? So, I mean, yes, obviously you know where they live, so that you can call on them. I mean, what what if they need to, you know, buy buy some. Food or something to, to host you. Buy uh, some food to. Uh, anyway, 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's a good idea. I think it's the kind you of thing. You bring your own eels. I, I think it's, a, it's the kind of thing that a man like Francois Henri would expect. Right. All right. Let's do that. Yeah, and we can we can let him know that we've got a a delivery from the British Museum as well. Yes. So that's a good conceit, and then we can get into conversation about whatever the heck's going on here. Yeah, maybe he'll have all the answers. I, I expected in this envelope. Just more questions. Let's go up and eat some more lobster. Unless anyone's got any more secrets. Oh, I'm quite full. I don't know if I can eat more right now. Maybe in an hour or two. <laughs> <laughs> Hamid literally has a distended belly. Oh, yeah. oh totally, yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It looks cute on a halfling. So, are we to assume that you are heading upstairs, perhaps swinging by the concierge to send out people after these people on the way? Mm-hmm. I think we're just going to send one note. Okay. So I'll, I'll pen a quick note to Francois Henri saying, uh, "We'll, you know, have a delivery for you. We have it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Introducing myself, saying that if he needs to contact us, we, where we can be found, sure. and plan, saying we're planning to call on him the next morning at around ten thirty. I understand. So presumably you open the door, step out. Mm-hmm. Okay. What order do you leave? Uh, <laughs> a, a, a random one. I, I, well, I definitely wasn't thinking about that. Anyone, was anyone thinking about that? I I tend to go last in this kind of situation because I'm polite enough to gesture everyone else through yeah. a door first. <laughs> uh, I think I'm probably second last. Okay. Um, yeah, just... yeah, so me and Zolf wander out chatting. So wandering out, there's a brief oh, shiver. For you, it's extremely pronounced, Zolf. Yeah. It feels like... This is going to be a weird description, so bear with me. Okay. It's paying as an adjective, yeah, guys! I'll, I'll brace myself. <laughs> it's like moving from... Being in a current of water to suddenly just stepping out of it, that was what it was like in the room. It's, you were aware that that sort of divinate, um, the divine power was around, but it was like you were in this sort of weird sheltered space. And the second you step out of it, you're back into that current. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, you're surrounded by motion, but it's the motion that you're used to. It was the stillness of the room, which was quite off-putting. Mm-hmm. In fact, for all of you, it was slightly off-putting just being in there because like, sound died the second it left your mouths and things like that. Bertie. Mm-hmm. The second that you step out of that door, there is a searing pain on your left forearm. Ah! Absolutely searing, like dropping you to your knees, agony. It makes you want to cry out, mother, the most pain you've ever experienced. Just above the wrist, mm-hmm. beneath your gauntlet, which presumably you're still I wearing. pulls the gauntlet off to look at what is causing the pain. So dropping down, still screaming, bear in mind, mm-hmm. it's absolute agony. The rest of you can see searing into um, the flesh, like still a bit of smoke coming in, what looks to be a, a symbol of some kind. However, this flesh is so blistered and so on, it's not even particularly clear. That said, it appears to be a pair of interlocked rings surrounded by a square, mm-hmm. which you recognise, even mm-hmm. in your agony, as the symbol of Harkness, Harkness, Darkness and Sphinx. Yep. And it's burnt like the smoke still coming off from your arm and then the pain begins to subside. It's like someone just pressed a piping hot brand to your flesh. As when he drops and uh, is screaming on the floor, uh, I will convert a spell into a uh, cure like wounds. Okay. And just slam it into him to hopefully try and dull the pain. I'm not even going to get you to to roll it. Basically, yeah, through the application, the immediate like blistering and stuff is gone, and you're just left with. It's a brand, it's not even a tattoo. It looks like, however, that it was almost both done at the same time. So it's raised, it is a brand, yep. but also coloured black. Right. Just matte black shapes. Bertie makes eye contact with all three of the others and does the gesture of zipping your mouth shut, 
locking it with a key and then throwing away the key while making very meaningful eye contact with all three of them in turn and then waving that, uh, waving the brand. Are you waving it under the nose of all three of them so they can smell the burning flesh? You just can. to emphasise that. Nod at you when you make eye contact. I put my hand reassuringly on your shoulder. I can How? reach it for once. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on his knees having been screaming in agony. Uh, Bertie also uh, pats a hand on the shoulder. In the time it's taken you to sort of stand and everything, one of the automated men stepped into the lift. The other one has already come up and he stood there in readiness. Uh, the concierge, the lift doors open, comes running up. I'm so sorry, what has happened? Is there anything that we can do to help you? Just this is in French, so naturally yeah. for, for Bertie it's... Yeah. To the rest of you, oh my god, is there anything well, that we can French, do? So. What happens? Is there, was there some kind of problem? Is there anything that we can do? Just rattling it out very, very quickly. I grab him and walk hastily towards the lift so he's not even facing, giving Bertie time to kind of ready himself. And I just start babbling and being like, oh no, it's absolutely fine. Please don't, don't worry about it. I'm going to try and fill his head with so much information that he doesn't even remember exactly what Give he saw. Give me a diplomacy roll. Is this diplomacy or bluff? I mean... It depends. Are you trying My diplomacy to... role is, is Actually, better. Give, no, give me bluff. Give me to bluff. Me bluff it's, yeah. it's, like, it's like fast talking. It's, it's like babbling, distracting babble. I understand. Give me, give me a bluff check. Uh, 18, so 27. He looks at you and is aware, even with that check, that something's up. He has no idea what. He just leans in very quietly and goes, It's not a problem, sir, at all. Obviously, of a place of our, of our stature, certain things happen within these walls which the people would best were not shared. Not a word of this will be bred. These people are, he's gesturing to the mechanical men, are incapable of passing this on. Even if someone asked them to, we have absolute discretion, and I do myself not want to know what just occurred. I'll drop the sort of, the sure. sort of act and just thank him for it and say that would, that would be best for all involved. He gives, and, he gives a nod. Yeah doesn't even look back, steps in, and with the door closing, facing the wall, goes, if there's anything else, please let us know when the door's closed. Good, good babbling, Hamid. That was, that was well good. You totally showed him he was... Well, may, maybe. Um, should be all right. Back to the room Come to lobster. <laughs> okay, yeah. We'll cut cut to another lobster dinner. I'm, I'm on dessert now. Sure. And on the way, we'll have saved... another of the three. Because the lobster's gone cold now, but I have my face... <laughs> I sound like brutal. Yeah. <laughs> One question. Did you request Francois Henri to come to the hotel to meet you, or did you say no, that you would meet him there? we would call on him. Okay, that's but fine. But we gave, I also gave the hotel if he needed to reply. That's fine. What so time of the day is it? day, right? Because it'll be yeah. the evening. We've had a busy day. Is it the evening? Or, like, we got the, the train to Paris, so that would be a couple of Same hours. Same day. I think we're now into evening. I think you're into night. early evening. Okay. Or we, or we could do a... You uh, have sufficient time to go out on the Raz. If you want. <laughs> I think stay in on the Raz. <laughs> going out is going to be any improvement on what we've got Almost in. certainly not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Might begin be. to absentmindedly begin to sort of pick at the buffet that I hadn't been trusting before. Seeing oh. as neither of you have fallen down dead. It might be nice to, you know, go out, maybe depressurise, get a bit, see a bit Paris. You know, we are here. Well, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen it and I'm rather enjoying this wine and food. Fair enough. I'm going to sort of grab a lobster claw mm -hmm. and head out onto the balcony and sort of chew it absentmindedly. The second that you head outside the room, the uh, mechanical man who's holding Brutor, still holding Brutor, immediately steps over to stand directly sort of a couple of feet behind you on the balcony with you. What, to catch me if I fall? Oh, or like, 
yeah, the idea that someone's following me, I'm just like, oh, can't begin to sort of look at the roof and see how scalable it is. It reacts not at all. Uh, peer down, maybe that's a... Um, the roof you could quite easily get to. You you are in the penthouse and there's, a, like I said, there's a domed glass ceiling immediately above you. You could go from the balcony onto the roof. You could drop down going along various drain pipes. That said, Hamid, you will be aware that there'll be a number of magical protections on a place of this stature anyway. Brutor is looking out over Paris with an expression that looks like he's thinking, it's good to own land. <laughs> <laughs> You spent that expression on somebody in a portrait. Yeah. <laughs> As evening sets in, lights begin to come up around Paris. For Sasha, you won't necessarily have seen this before. There's a certain neon element to it. Lots of very bright lights. Most of it will be done magically. Um, so there's lots of you start seeing billboards coming to life in the in the far distance in the more garish areas. Full. It's almost like looking at a video screen. Full moving adverts for things and. Is it um, the off-world colonies? <laughs> yeah, Sorry. that's the kind of thing we're talking. Yeah, yeah. and there are there's advertisements for lectures Flying and ships. culture, and you hear the strains of like orchestral it's, music. It's steampunk Blade Runner. Oh yeah, totally. And off in the very very distance, if you sort of crane yourself and sort of look out, maybe having to mm -hmm. tilt around the balcony a bit, you can see the Eiffel Tower or Eiffel's Folly in this case. And whilst all of the rest of the lights in the city are quite garish, you see tiny little pinpricks. It looks like natural light coming from what used to be a monument and it's a very different quality it's very much more subdued compared to the the garishness of paris there's a knock at the door right uh shall i get it you 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 get it one of the servants has already gone to the door I... hasn't opened it is stood there holding it ready to open and looking at sasha as to whether to open it or, or not. i know he can get it they probably won't right. stab it also just looking around the room None of what happened, right, will affect our working relationship at all. Yeah? Mm -hmm. For any of us. No. Good. He opens the door, and stood there are two very severely dressed gnomes. Looks like Bertie's lawyers have turned up. What, what, um, so, hi, are you, are you lawyers for, like, for, for, is this your room? That seems like it's more appropriate. Uh, well, sorry, we ate your food. Uh, you, do you want the room? What, um... Would you like a lobster? We ordered, we ordered more lobster. Well, more lobster than we need, not not more than we want. Um, I mean, you can have half of a lobster. Splitting the sentence between them, they say, "It's time we talked." And I'll close the episode there. Oh, right, wrong. Yeah, that's wrong tune. See, I realised that what I accidentally did in this episode was give you a magical. Here's backstory box mm. that anytime you need to, mm. you can just express more backstory. <laughs> Special chamber for talking about your feelings. It sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> this, this year in the. Yeah. Oh, I, I yeah. can't do the accent, was it? Like, in the yeah. world, the Big Brother household. In the, in in the day in room. The Sebastian McGuffin was coming to the day room. He's in the magically shielded dining room. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He's having trouble with this week's challenge. <laughs> Being a competent human being. <laughs> Spearing bits of sweet corn and putting them into another plate. <laughs> Hammond is on a much more, uh, much stronger per Gaius, which is personal shame. Yeah. Oh, you got to love it. Can't shield you from shame. So we'll end it there and we look forward to doing another one next week. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by RustyQuill.com and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial International License. 
Today's episode was recorded and produced by Alexander J. Newell. To comment on episodes, make donations, and view links, images, videos, and show notes, visit rustyquill.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at TheRustyQuill, or email us at mail at rustyquill.com. Thanks for listening. Genuinely, historically, there were occasions in the 30s where um, they just, um, like, they changed so frequently. Um, the president um, claimed to be the president to some train guard or something and just got arrested because they thought, you, you're lying. <laughs> it's not happening. It might be in the 20s and the 30s, but yeah. And I might be, true facts. I might be confusing the republics, but yeah. No, That's so not the period be. we're in or the historical timeline we're in. Uh, I think the... Third Republic rat. Never mind. Sorry. But yes, it's a, a conversation Republic. for another time. <laughs> Sorry. Both literally Don't and figuratively. Don't you want to be our friends? This yeah. is what happens all the time. <coughs> so is that. Yeah. I love that the second, the second yep. I give you a chance. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was deliberately like, I quietly begin, I look yeah. at yeah. myself yeah. trembling and begin to open the envelope. <laughs> I'm not going to do this. The idea that you then also forget everything that happened in the room as part of its warnings is hilarious to me. This <laughs> is just like, let's talk about some backstory. If you missed the last episode, don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> no, it's it appears to be a... Um, What's it called? A law print. <laughs> Lawyers have been here. Yeah. I can track them by their spore. <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's Helen here the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun, and see you later.